CFL fans, are you ready? Because it's time for the Canadian Football Countdown on Mike FM Winnipeg. Canadian Football Countdown starts now. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. As always, I'm Ryan Coop alongside Michael Garrell. We are back talking more CFL football, and whatever script we had planned for this show was pretty much thrown in the trash this afternoon, Mike, because... We have something to talk about that I hoped we never would have to talk about on this podcast. I imagine it's going to take up quite a bit of our discussion time here today. And that is the unfortunate injury of Bombers quarterback Matt Nichols. Well, I thought you were going to mention the fact that the Bombers launched their CPL soccer team today. Well, yeah, maybe that. There's a different podcast for that, I think. But that being said, it was a busy day down at uh, the stadium. And why just busy in an unfortunate reason? Yeah, Matt Nichols uh, during practice today, I believe on a non-contact drill even it was, was backpedaling and lost his footing and fell and had to be helped off the field and supposedly threw his helmet to the ground in frustration and Helped off the field. It looks like a knee injury for Matt Nichols. We don't know the verdict yet of how long he could be out. But I don't know, Mike. doesn't look good from what I've been hearing. Well, number one, um, I'm sure our friends at the Eskimo Empire podcast would have a memory of this. Uh, Matt Nichols sustaining a knee injury uh, back when he was the starter. Um opened the door to the Mike Riley era in Edmonton years ago. Now, I'm not going to save it. Uh, we have a backup that will open up an era when Matt Nichols come. But what I'm trying to say is, you lose your number one quarterback, it is trouble. And I'm just, you know, I've been painting and I've been cutting grass, and you broke the news to me while I was on the tractor, so I had lots of time in little circles that was at like 12.30 this afternoon. You just got off the tractor. How long were you on there, Mike? Uh, about six hours, and that's took about a one-hour break after the soccer press conference and got off the tractor literally 20 minutes ago. Oh, jeez. Um, but no, uh, getting back to it, I had a lot of chance to, you know, you know, paint and strew, as most people do when they drive in circles for hours on end. <laughs> um... um no, I, I think this is the worst case scenario uh, for the Blue Bombers. But, again, it, it's, I don't want to make light of this because it's a very, very unfortunate circumstance. It's football. Things happen. Things happen 100 miles an hour. The Bombers have been very fortunate to not have substantial training camp injuries the last couple of years. And if this is serious, I have never, from what I can remember, sustained a season-ending injury to a predominant player in training camp, let alone practice. Um, 
The thing that really concerns me here, Ryan, a player doesn't throw his helmet on the ground if it's something minor. No, he, he knew very clearly right away that. And that's why I'm circling back to Edmonton when he had the original knee problem. If it's a case of he knew what he was dealing with and basically let it be known. Yeah, and, and you know, if Bomber fans want to, you know, take a inch of hope out of this, uh, look at tr- how Trevor Harris went down uh, in his preseason game there against Montreal, right? A lot yeah. of us were saying the same thing, long-term injury for Trevor Harris. I believe it's a knee injury he sustained as well uh, from that. And uh, it looks like while the Red Blacks have a buy-in week one of the CFL season, uh, come week two when they play their first game, I believe Rick Gamble went and said that it's 100% guaranteed Trevor Harris will be in the lineup. So we, you hope it's a similar situation for Matt Nichols, but uh, all signs to me, Mike, and we won't know this uh, until early next week, I've been told, or I've heard. Um, I think they'll call a press conference. I know... Um, you're probably not going to get anything out of them tomorrow because it's a walkthrough and then they fly to Vancouver Friday morning for the so game Friday. You're, you're not going to get an announcement on game day either, I no. imagine. And no. players are off Saturday, Sunday. It was the guys on TSN 1290 that were, were discussing this earlier. Yeah, I, heard this I, from, think, so. I think if Matt Nichols misses the season, I think you'll see an announcement on Saturday. Yeah, I would agree. Because I, 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 I don't think you can... You can uh, avoid the obvious for very long. Do you remember when the Bombers were 1-4 and four and had Drew Williard the starting quarterback a couple years ago? Very vividly, yes. And they turned the keys to Matt Nichols? Yeah. The Bombers record in that time, 21-9. and nine. Matt Nichols has poured life into the so, Bombers organization over the last So if years. we're making, if people here across Canada... Think for we're making light of this. I'm just gonna tell you, 21 and nine, and it's time as a starter with the Blue Bombers. I'm assuming the two playoff games are factored in there, so 21 and seven regular season record. Yeah, yeah. There's no that is Bolivar Mitchell type numbers. There's no sugarcoating this. This is a huge loss for the Bombers, and it's why we are gonna spend a lot of time talking from all the different angles of this here today. Now. You know, what do the Bombers do? What does this all mean for the Bombers? Where do they go from here? Uh, just shortly before the show, we started recording because we are live on Mike FM Winnipeg recording this. Put a poll out there on Twitter wanting to know what people think. What do you do if you're the Bombers here? If Matt Nichols is out long term, do you trade for Do you go out and try to trade for a quarterback? Do you try it or do you uh, stick with uh, Chris Streveler, who we're going to talk about shortly? Uh, so if you're listening to this live, go vote in that poll, and uh, we'll discuss uh, the results up until this point at the end of the show. Can I give you my answer? At CFC on Mike FM is where you vote. Can I give you my answer? Sure. Stan Pat. Stan Pat Chevy? <laughs> yeah. For those that don't know, uh, NHL Jets general manager Kevin Chevrolet applies to Stan Pat most times. The added stuff should be in a trade for Paul Stasny at this year's deadline, which was warranted. Yeah. But um, I was going across the CFL, and this is one of the things I was doing on the, on the tractor. I was going team by team. To me, there's only a couple of options, which the Bombers could choose to go. One of which is 
Marquise Williams recently let go in Saskatchewan. They are raving. They are going on and on in Saskatchewan about how nobody's picked up Marquise Williams yet. Just saying it's an option. The other option, James Franklin out of Toronto. Not happening. There's no way after giving up a young offensive lineman for James Franklin in the offseason, there's no way they're giving him up. I know Bethel Thompson had a really good game. Uh, So why is McLeod Bethel Thompson then ahead of James Franklin on the depth chart right now? I I think it's going to be close, and you and I were talking about this the other day, uh, between Franklin and between Bethel Thompson. I think at the end of the day, Franklin is the future quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts. So maybe that, you know, opens up McLeod Bethel Thompson up as a trade target for the Bombers. A lot of people say... The other, the other two that come to mind here real quick, just for the spot, Jeremiah Mazzoli or Vernon Adams. Mazzoli never, will never be traded. Well, I'm not saying never, but at this time, no. Uh, Vernon Adams is probably the one looking like the most likely trade target for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And then I look at what... Shriveler did a Shriveler. 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 Yeah. Okay, finally get that right. Shriveler did on Friday, 10 for 10, bought a buck 50 and a touchdown, a long touchdown. And I weigh my options. What does it take to get a guy off a roster? Is that a price I'm willing to pay? And then just go from there. And if it's not, I want to see honestly what what he has in him. Remember, there was a certain quarterback in 2002 that had no experience in the CFL and literally came in, and the rest is history. They say great cup appearance in 2002, great cup championship in 2003, great cup championship in 2018. Yes. Ricky Ray, 17. Yes. Maybe 18 as well. We'll get into that next week, Mike. Maybe. But (laughs) no, what I'm saying is you have to outweigh what you're willing to give up. Now, the other thing is the Bombers do have another first-round pick. Whether that's enough to price somebody up an existing roster, we'll never know. The thing to me that's very, very interesting, Ryan, I wonder if... Are the Bombers in a all-in mode in your mind? That's a tough one. I think they certainly had all the pieces, and I say had all the pieces because one of the pieces has a bent corner now and doesn't fit in the slot, if you know what I mean, uh, with with Matt Nichols, uh, with his knee injury that we, you know... And again, we're speculating, but this is a serious injury, yeah, of course. Yeah, this entire conversation could mean nothing if all of a sudden, two weeks from now, Matt Nichols is healthy and ready but to But I, I have to look at it this way. If the Bombers lose Nichols for any time beyond six weeks, the reason we're having this discussion entirely is because we don't know what to expect from that defense. If you knew what was coming from the defense and, and, and you had a quarterback to manage the game, I don't think we would be sounding in many alarm bells. And because we don't know what we have at the quarterback position, we know a total of 10 completed passes against Edmonton backups in a preseason game, Mike, is what we're banking right now, our knowledge of our one. backup quarterback situation. Ross had one. 
I, I meant Strebler alone. Strebler. Ten for ten, right? Strebler had ten. Yeah, and, and Ross played some time last year. We'll get into that, talking about that preseason game in a little bit. But the way I look at things here, people like people talking about trade targets, you know, oh, the Bombers are going to go out and get this guy. If I'm any of the eight other teams in the CFL right now, and I'm a general manager of any of these eight teams, I'm sitting back cracking open a Coke or Pepsi or something like that, uh, or beverage of choice, and I'm laughing. And I, and I know that sounds originally like it's coming out wrong in terms of laughing at an injury, right. but I mean in the sense that nobody's going to hand the Bombers a quarterback on a silver platter here. Right. You know, we've talked long and hard about how you need a number one and you need a number two quarterback in the CFL, in the current CFL. And given that Trevor Harris went down in the preseason – game against the Red Blacks, or against the Alouettes, sorry, he plays for the Red Blacks, given that Matt Nichols just went down, nobody's going to give up a first or a second string quarterback, no matter what the Bombers charge, you know, offer them. Then you start looking at the third strings, you start looking at the Vernon Adams, the the McLeod Bethel Thompsons, possibly. See, but the only problem right now is, if you do go Vernon Adams, he's hurt right now. Even any of those guys, though, the third strings, if I'm another GM in the CFL, I'm not budging unless Kyle Walters gives me an offer I can't refuse. And, and and that's plain and simple. They right now have the Bombers in a position of vulnerability. You know those four other four teams out west who thought the Bombers were likely going to be, you know, a tough opponent this year in an already tough west division are now looking at this as a situation of we caught a huge break here. The Bombers caught a huge break potentially Maybe. of another kind. Well, yeah. Again, if... Chris ends up having a bunch of games like he did in that preseason game with BG's number one unit in on Friday night. Okay, then you got something. You know what I mean? Right. Well, let's talk. Let's move into talking about that preseason game here, Mike. The uh, the Bombers uh, hosting the Eskimos at Investors Group Field. Overall, your thoughts on that game? Well, from what I heard on the radio and what I got from you and what I got from reporters. A very good game. Um, I'm sure a punt return for a touchdown is not the way you dream up starting the preseason. Oh, definitely not. I was sitting there in the stadium thinking, well, this is going to be a fun year. (laughs) But it took the offense a while when they got it going. They got it going to me. The pressure that the D-line was able to bring was very, very encouraging to that. Granted, it's Edmonton backups, and they don't, you know, really have the the best uh, offensive line in there, of course, but any kind of pass rush up here the Bombers is very, very encouraging. Right, yeah, and, and the whole preseason result, you know, so much now because Matt Nichols has gone down is being made of Chris Strebler, backup quarterback, first CFL game, going 10 for 10, uh, I believe he started in the second half, right? Matt Nichols played the whole, did he play the whole first half, Mike? Uh, I, I think he might have played most of the first half, uh, Nichols did, and I know Ross got some time in there. But Strevler in the second half went 10 for 10 passing. He had, I think, 37 rushing yards, an unfortunate fumble that maybe he got a little too greedy at the end of a long run. But granted, this was against a list of the Eskimos' backups, right? How much stock do you take into a result like this? Well, 
a lot because it showed the Bombers were able to take care of business. If they would have lost on Friday, there would have been all kinds of questions asked, especially if the starters kept going the way they started. Yeah, I, I, I just personally, I, I have a hard time looking, like taking, you know, stats in a preseason game against backups as, oh, this is the next, second coming of Ricky Ray or something like that. Um, I need to see more game action coming from backup Chris Strebler, who now might be starter Chris Strebler due to the Matt Nichols injury. Uh, other guy, who are some of the other guys? You mentioned the defensive line impressed you. I agree with that. They, they got a lot of pressure on the Eskimos quarterbacks, racked up a couple sacks. Who else for you stood out in this preseason game for the Bombers? Just the the line in general, um, again, so hard to make any kind of calculation on my end, listening on the radio and not really seeing any video. But, you know, everything to me was encouraging. Uh, the back end of that defense, you know, there was no... Explosion plays. Granted, goes back to what we said about you know the backups, but I think anytime you can get away with you know one explosion play in the first quarter and not much the rest of the way, I, I think it says something. Yeah, and the Bombers only give up one touchdown in that game, and it is that kick return or that punt return touchdown uh that the Eskimos scored there in the first quarter the defense did their job granted again it's Edmonton's backups uh two guys that I thought impressed me very well in this game Mike one of them's a guy that's been in the league a long time and that's a Darius Bowman Bowman came out he had you know quite the connection with Matt Nichols there in the first half which makes this injury extra unfortunate for the Bombers uh it's really great to see a Darius Bowman back in a Winnipeg uniform I think he's going to do some big things here in Winnipeg this year and is going to be such a huge part of that offense. And no, I'm not just talking about his height. I'm talking about the impact he makes because not only can he make plays, he can open up a lot of room for Darvin Adams. Again, it's do they have the quarterback to get them the ball? And that's now the question, right? Another guy that really stood out to me, uh, running back Johnny Agustine. That's what I'm trying to paint them. Um, Canadian running back was brought was uh, went undrafted, I think, last year. Right? Was in Riders training camp or, or at the start of the season uh, or um, earlier this was with the Riders earlier this off season. Yeah, let go by the Riders. But this was explained to me. He signed with Edmonton undrafted. They let him go. He was with the Riders earlier this off season, as you said, in, in their mini camp. Right, yes, minicamp. And they let him go uh, in the minicamp. Um, he looked great to me. He, uh, I think he had something like 80 yards of rushing. Yeah, he he starts on Friday, is my guess, because everybody is making this big deal with the bomber sign team in France. Well, it sounds like he's going to be out a while with an unspecified injury. Yeah. And so, again, you need that backup to make the ratio work. Not to mention having three Canadian running backs that uh, can all perform pretty well. Uh, looks pretty good to me. And especially if you can, you know, you can do some pretty cool stuff. Eh? You can line up Harris as a receiver on a couple plays. Not that I'd recommend it, but the the option is there. Right. Uh, I just didn't, I, I don't know if you caught the interview on the radio after the game, uh, 
He's really trying to work on his uh, pass catching. Yeah, and I don't know if you heard him as well. That you know, people were raving about his performance in the Russian game, and he says, "Yeah, but did you see? I got a special teams tackle." Yeah. <laughs> you love players like that, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, another uh, interesting goodness. I, I'm trying to think of the guy. He he was a returner. Coney. Yep, that name sounds. Anyway, so he had the big return there on on uh, on the uh, punt, you know, just just to figure out some other options. Despite you know Kevin Fodge and Ryan Lanford, like everybody knows what they're doing, but just to see if they can find the game breaker. Yeah, it was Coney and Die, the two returners that looked pretty good for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit about the Eskimos side of that preseason game, uh. Well, basically, other than Alex Bazzi, to me, he was the only front-line guy in there. Right, yeah, basically everyone was uh, was not in the lineup. One guy that stood out to me, uh, the guy who scored the only touchdown for the Eskimos, uh, Jordan Robinson, kick returner, looks like a dynamic returner. I think that's one of the pieces the Eskimos have been missing a little bit the last couple of years, right? They've bounced back and forth from returner to returner, uh, over the last number of years, and they may have found a guy here who won his spot on the roster uh, as a kick returner for them this year. I know they've got a couple other options there, but I'm interested to see what this guy can do. Yeah, and it's it's something very interesting too, right? I mean, you know, you want a, a guy, a multifaceted guy, if you're going to have a guy on the roster, right? So if he can do something else other than um, other than return punts, I think you made yourself that much more valuable. In terms of the quarterback battle for the Edmonton Eskimos, I mean, Mike Riley, obviously number one. Kevin Glenn, obviously number two. Uh, in the battle for the third string position, you had Zach Klein start this game. He also started the preseason game against the Bombers last year. Uh, Danny O'Brien came in and played in the second half. I thought O'Brien outplayed Klein quite a bit here. Klein struggled in that first half, really didn't get anything going. Was just three of the third dive that came in at the three minute warning. Um, that was Jenkins who uh, Jenkins. was just released uh, the last couple of days. Yeah. So. so, for me, I I think as much as people in Edmonton say the battle of the third strain was not decided, which I don't think it was, according to some people. I think Klein uh, would have the inside shot. Really? I thought I thought personally from what I saw out there on the field, I thought O'Brien looked a lot more comfortable in that second half. <laughs> yeah, but you you just you know, you don't go based on the game, right? You go through practice, you go through you know, is he making the right reads in practice, is he making the right decisions, uh is he commanding the huddle? You know, a lot more goes into um a performance like Take Alex Ross, for example. He was like one out of five or one out of one seven. Out, one out of eight. Oh, boy. I'm giving the guy a little more credit than he deserves. Uh, sorry, bud. But um, it's right. I mean, like an inch here, an inch there, an inch there, an inch there type of thing. And he could have three or four completions, which completely changes everything. I think the same can be said for, for the quarterback. And... You know, there's a reason that these guys are fighting for spots on the roster. You know, they're not with the front end guys for the most part. So, you know, it's again, it's quarterback is a very hard position to evaluate. 
you know, when you when you take into account personnel packages that are in the game. Yeah, and I think coming into this preseason, we all thought Alex Ross was going to be the Bombers' backup after Darian Durant retired, which, you know, in hindsight, the whole Darian Durant story just gets more interesting in the fact that, you know, he retires right beforehand, the Bombers don't have a backup. Can I ask you something? Would it surprise you if Durant came out of retirement in a couple days? He he won't. I think the bridge is completely burned between him and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I, I can't see it happening, Mike. Well, we'll see if this was about being a backup more so than being in physical shape, you know? Yeah. I, I think it, I, I don't think it'll happen, but. Yeah. Get, getting back to, you know, I just wanted to talk about the preseason game and the performance because we were talking about, you know, Strevler versus trading for a quarterback uh, and we hadn't really talked about his performance. But now that we've done that. Here's how I view the Bombers quarterback situation, and this ties into their preseason game coming Friday night against the BC Lions. I I, I think you don't go out and make a trade, certainly before this game Friday night. I think it's a foregone conclusion you don't. Right. It would be too soon anyways. You you, You have four quarterbacks take away Matt Nichols. Three. Brian Bennett. Yeah, he's the third. Who's the fourth? Uh, Chris... Ross, Bennett, Mahoney, and Bennett. Oh, right, Mahoney. Soft Mahoney. Yes, yes. Forgot about him because he did not play the other night. So, but yeah, no, you have, and to me, this is where I think I like Brian Bennett, who's been around the block and been here before, needs to show something. And, and, And I said this to you before this injury even happened, you know, what I would do with this Friday night's preseason game at the quarterback position. I said, leave Matt Nichols at home, and now we're leaving him at home for all the wrong reasons, Mike. But, you know, I was saying, here's what you do, because BC is at home. They didn't play a lot of their starters in their first game against Calgary. Likely a lot of their starters are playing. Yeah, Jonathan Jennings will play the whole first half, and then Lloyd will get the second half. And I imagine we'll see a, a good portion of their starting defense as well. So here's what I do. You know, you have Chris Strevler coming off a 10 for 10 performance. Against the against the Eskimos backups, I give him the entire first half. What does Strebler have to do? Because number one, I don't think you're looking at just the backup now. Well, no, you need to look at can this guy hold the fort down and potentially for the entire season. So the dynamic changes entirely. Yeah, exactly. How you approach this whole preseason game, I feel like it changes in, in a day and a half. Right? He's this morning. He's going into there. Oh, I'm fighting for a backup job. All of a sudden, from all accounts, it looks like a starting job, perhaps. I, I think you give him the entire first half in that game against BC on Friday night. You know, start it, how does he come out as if he was a starter against starters against the BC Lions? Then in the third quarter, you know, Alex Ross, yes, he had, yes, he had a bad game against the Eskimos, but as of right now, he's still number two. He's still three possibly two on your depth chart although I don't see that the case anymore at this point I'd say you give Alex Ross the third quarter see how he does with that and then in the fourth quarter you bounce back around maybe a little bit between guys like Bennett and Ross and maybe give Mahoney a bit of time in there as well and then Mike in the final couple minutes I want to see Streffler go back out there do that three minute offense that two minute offense to finish off the football game I think in the bathroom, man, they happen once to this game, knowing what the situation is with Matt Nettles. 
Because I think that changes exactly what they want to do. For sure. Because if Nichols is out long term, I could honestly see Shre- uh, Shreveler going into the uh, third quarter. Yeah, that could be the case. Because for me, this is the situation. I think you want to anoint the number one, and you want to give them time. Yeah. Because who comes six days later? Mike Riley and the Edmonton Eskimos. Exactly. And if if you cannot move the football against them, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, so I I, I do what I just described there, right? I give him the bulk of the game here against the BC starters. You know, people talking, and and again, we'll get the results of our poll we put up at the end of the show because I want to give people time to answer that. How... You know, do you go out and make a trade for a quarterback and you're going to have to pay a heck of a hefty price in order to get one? Or do you stick with what you've got in the organization? I'm looking at this preseason game Friday night. If Strevler comes out, can repeat a very solid performance like he had against the Eskimos. I personally would rather stick with, you know, what they have in Chris Strevler and give him a shot at the starting job. Deal with the growing pains that might come with it and hope you fight through them. Then all of a sudden, go and sell the farm at other positions. I'll, I'll tell you what i I have never been more encouraged by a blue bomber battered quarterback. Granted, it was a preseason game, but I've never been more encouraged about a blue bomber quarter battered quarterback than I was with with Chris on uh, Friday. And yet, he's completed a total of eleven passes in the CFL, Mike, and we're we're hyping this guy up. And I'm not saying he he can't be great. But I'm also not saying I'm 100% sold on the fact that the Bombers are going to be fine. But that shredded the record books at South Dakota State. Obliviated them. I'll tell you what, he had a lot better of a debut than I've seen some other Blue Bomber quarterbacks. Cough, cough. Yes. But like I'm saying, I'm not going to go out and say that he can't be great, but I'm also not willing after, you know, one half of preseason football to go out and say the Bombers are going to be able to survive this Matt Nichols injury because I don't know if they can, Mike. And I don't know if that means you fight through the growing pains and hope the additions you made at other positions on the football field, that really what looks like a greatly improved defense, you have strong running back position, you brought in a guy like Adarius Bowman and Nick Dembski to, you know, give the whoever's in that quarterback a couple more options. I don't know if the right move is to stick with, you know, a guy that's such an unknown or to go out and make a trade. Well, who are you getting? Who do you want? Let, let, let's start with that question. Who do you? It, it's a matter of who do you want versus who you're going to get. Because if if you want to talk about who do you want, well, who do you want? That Brandon Bridge, right? It seems to be the backup that you know. If if anyone, if you could take a look at it as you know, air quotes available backup quarterbacks. Because I I'm telling you this. Unless unless uh, Kyle Walters is willing to, you know, hand over. There's his... another guy in Regina, David Watford. He did not look good in that preseason game against the Eskimos. Yeah, but... It... And if you're talking about an unknown there versus unknown in the Bombers organization, I'm not going to go and give up assets to go and take on another unknown, right? I... If If the price, if there was no price for it, and I could choose any backup right now, it, it would probably be a guy... You know, maybe James Franklin, okay, or Brandon Bridge. You get the Canadian value of Brandon Bridge. None of these teams are going to trade their backups to the Bombers. It's a matter of fact, the best you're looking at is a Vernon Adams or a Bethel Thompson out of Toronto, you know, a third-string guy who's likely not going to 
see much of the field this year. I hate to revisit this, but Drew Willie. Well, Montreal. What's Montreal gonna do with that? He's their starter this year. Is he? He is. As of right now. Sounds more like a one A one B to me. More like a B one B two type of situation. You know, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. But you know, things. Just to wrap this up, because I because do... Because I'll tell you what, the Bombers are not the only ones in the world that hurt if the quarterback goes down. No. We just happen to be the first ones <laughs> to have it happen. Horse, The horses are going to have some problems. Yeah. If BOM goes down. And I really hope, like, from the bottom of my heart, I hope that we don't see any... This is not a trend starting. Trevor Harris goes like, down in that preseason game against the Alouettes. Can I, can I just say something? Because I know there's people listening to this going, ha, 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 the Bombers are an easy debt now. I'll caution you. Whatever team you are, if you lose your number one, what are you left with? Some teams will survive. I think some teams have positioned themselves well at the 1B1. 75% of the lead would be in the Bombers' shoes. 70%. I'm doing the math in my head. I don't think that's quite the same. I look at several teams around the league that I think are fine at the backup position. The Eskimos have Kevin Glenn as a backup. They're fine there. The Riders have Brandon Bridge as a backup. They're fine there. Toronto's fine with James Franklin as a backup. The Ticats are fine with Mazzoli and Johnny Manziel. The other thing I question is, only from a Saskatchewan standpoint, do you look at cashing in on the Daylight Bridge, who is a free agent at the end of the year? That Maybe. But then what do you do if Koyros goes down? This is the guy with the history of injuries, Mike. You, given what's happened, you you, no, you, you can't well, do Well, they got B.J. Daniels to look pretty darn good. Yeah, but no, team, no team's going to willingly bank on a guy that they don't know much about, right? In the sense that if you have two strong quarterbacks, you best be holding on to them right now. And Kyle Walters, if he has to go out and make a trade, is going to be hard-pressed to find a partner without losing some major pieces of his team right now. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to run through the list. Like, there's not that much. Maybe Bethel Thompson might be the best option. It's possible. I want to move on here, Mike. Because Even then, when I saw from him, I wasn't that satisfied. He had a pretty good preseason game. Granted, it's preseason. I want to move on here, yeah. Mike, because we spent 35 minutes talking about this. We had some other preseason games this past week that I do want to Johnny talk Football. About. Yeah, we haven't even talked Johnny Football, Mike. What the heck? Um... Nice. Oh, I'm going to say it to that. Um, by the way, the Bomber game is televised this weekend, as is Manziel's second preseason game Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Central. I want to see Johnny Manziel. He was 8 of 11 or 9 of 11 for about 80-something yards. I want to see Johnny Manziel start to use that arm and take some of the safeguards off. It's so crazy to and, me. And just let it rip. It's so crazy to me how much we read into after the last couple of weeks that we've been talking about. It's preseason, folks. Stats don't matter. It's about the intangibles. And in many situations now, you look at the Bombers quarterback situation, you look at the Ticats quarterback situation. We're talking about eight completed passes. We're talking about 11 completed right. passes against, you know, backups. What do you make of Jeremiah Mazzoli not playing this week? 
well. He played last week. He is their starter coming into the season. Well, he didn't look all that good last week. A lot of starters don't play in the second week. Mike Riley didn't for the Eskimos. I, I don't read too much into that. That being said, I am a little surprised Mazzoli did struggle a bit, a bit in that preseason game against the Argos. Can I paint you a scenario? Let's say Manziel throws for 125 to 175 yards. Tadia starting with supposedly some of, some of the bathups and some front end dies. What does he have to do to win the job? Is there anything he can do that would convince? I don't think there's anything Manziel can do in the preseason to go out and win that starting job. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I, I think this is Mazzoli's team. Uh, until he gives it away, right? In the sense that I think it will take, you know, Mazzoli will start the season. If he struggles after, you know, several games, then maybe you get to the point of pulling the trigger uh, and seeing what Johnny can do. But at the end of the day, I can't see. I can't wait to see some of the design packages that they have for Manziel. And apparently Manziel may find himself behind center for a few drives a day. Now, the big story in this game, Mike, the Argos winning that one 36-18, was all of the turnovers in this one. Ten turnovers by the Ticats. How many points you watched this game? Because I was at the stadium uh, watching the Bomber game. You were watching this one on TV. Uh, How many many points off turnovers for the Argos? 28 at one point early in the second quarter. I I, I lost count. Ridiculous. It was 28 in the second quarter. Well, it can't be because they were only up 26 to nothing, or 26 to six at the end of the second quarter. So then it was, but something like 20 that. points off a turnover, something like that. The first half. Oh boy. And, and that's why I brought that up. With were the Argos starting most of their starters on defense? No. 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 It was a uh, ball didn't play. Uh, Diva picked up the pass, didn't play Blatt. In the uh, great cup, uh, Bear Woods didn't play. Well, Bear Woods is out for a month, right? Right. But he's... But Taylor Reed didn't, doesn't look like Taylor Reed played. At least he didn't register anything on the stats sheet. So I'm right. going to assume he didn't play. Uh, there was a lot of guys that were... Who's that guy making that pick? Who's that guy making that hit? So was this a matter of, would you say, the Argos backups making a name for themselves here Absolutely. in the preseason? I, I, or I think, would you say it's a matter of uh, some of the guys on the Ticats offense not doing themselves favors? Or is it a bit of both? A bit of both. I mean, the one, I think I commented on this to you, first play of the game, <laughs> Jeremiah Mazzoli to... Brandon Banks, that's all fine and dandy. Was that was that first play of the game? Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Every game. Just honestly, first play of the game, twelve guys on Brandon Banks. If I'm a defense, the thing that move. I the thing that I didn't like was the play that they went to later in the quarter. And I don't want to say it was the same play, but I don't think it was. But that defender made a heck of a play to stay with Banks and force the under throw and then basically cut him off over the top and picked it off. Um, but for me, this is Hamilton being inexcusable. The first five turnovers of the game, Ryan, turnover on downs, two fumbles, and two pits. 
Jeez. And really, the turnover on Dallas was a preseason play. Like, regular season, that probably doesn't happen. Oh, wait. Mazzoli was in the shotgun on third and inches. Explain that one to me. Yeah, but if it's preseason's your time to try plays like that, right? Right, but I, I think if you're Jeremiah Mazzoli and you know you're not in a play in week number two, I think you're better served to not take any chances and just try to get some rhythm going. Well, how do you know he called that play? I don't think he did. So, but the fact of the matter is, Johnny Manziel did not come in till late in the first half, and I do not believe that that was the plan. I think June Jones kept giving Jeremiah Mazzoli a chance to get it going, and it's funny because on the one drive he did end up getting it going on the one touchdown, but I I could really sense June Jones' hesitance. The crowd wants Johnny after every turnover. And I can see June Jones wanting to not give in to the temptation. So he he tried to give himself a reason to keep Jeremiah Mazzoli out there as long as possible. Because as a coach, you're not going to throw your quarterback mentally under the bus. Okay, two turnovers. We got a shiny toy in Johnny Manziel. Let's let him run a series, right? What does that say? That's like a reactionary move as a coach. I want to cut you off there because I want to talk Argo's sure. side quickly here before we move on to another game. Guy that really impressed me, I mean, he's all over the highlight reel. Running back Brandon Burks, oh. I think it is. I don't know. Yeah. He catches the one pass straight out of a Madden video game or a CFL video game because <laughs> there is one of those. And then the other one where he does the loopy-loop. Around the block, around the end. <laughs> I mean, dodges how many tackles? Uh, basically runs around the whole field and into the end zone. That was impressive. You know, The maybe... whole play, Ryan, I think was 40-somewhat yards, but he ran 60. Something like that. More, than, more than that, probably. Well. If, you talk, if you're counting across the field, right? Well, you, you get what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. right? It's... Uh, definitely, though, perhaps we're looking at some strong depth behind uh, James Wilder Jr. there at the running back position. For, for me, it was a lot of what were the Ardo going to do at receiver. Did anyone stand out there for you? Can you read me some of the names again? Uh, well, it looks like the, their leading receiver was Cole Watson with three catches yeah, he for made 52 a, yards. He made a good uh, catch. Raylan Addison, three for 32. Alex Charette, who spent some time with the Alouettes, had three, four catches for 28. And then you had Burks with the one for 27. So it's pretty spread out. Yeah. Nobody really jumped out to me at the wide receiver For position. me, I think Toronto is at home tomorrow against Ottawa. I think that's where you see a lot of the front line guys in. But again, that's right. They lost it to be well, They're at home. It's in Guelph, but they're at home. They're well, they technically don't, they the don't have team. their home field for preseason. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, there's a soccer team there. Um, kind of like what's going to happen in Winnipeg here next year. I don't know. We have to talk about this at the end of the show. If we have time. If not, we'll talk about it next. The soccer team is playing April to October. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll save, we'll save that. Maybe we'll talk a little more next week, Mike, because we do have more time and next week. And it's a 14, game, 14 home games. Wow. 
I uh, want to talk about the two other games here this yep. week because uh, we are getting closer to running out of time. But uh, the first one of the week, Mike, the uh, Montreal Alouettes and the Ottawa Red Blacks. And this was a scary one for Red Blacks fans and for fans around the CFL early in this one when quarterback Trevor Harris goes down for Ottawa early in this game. Uh, many of us thinking it's going to be a long-term injury at that point as well. Uh, and since then has come out that uh, they caught a break. It looks like no serious damage to Trevor Harris, and he will be, uh, he should be ready to go by w- week two when the the Red Blacks play their first game. But your thoughts watching that football game, Mike, when Trevor Harris went down? Oh my goodness! I asked for it to be honest, but it wasn't watching the football game until you sent me the text message. Your reaction then when I told you about it? Oh no. Much like the reaction with Matt Nichols earlier today, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy, I seem to get a, a heart complication every time I go to bat, go down. Because I know just how valuable these quarterbats are. And trust me, Ryan, the lead is a better place with every quarterback on the field. Absolutely. So, yes, I don't want any ill will for Trevor Harris. And I hope. I sure as had hope that 95% of CFL fans don't have any uh, ill will toward Matt Nettles because I'll tell you what, the CFL is a better place with quarterbacks on the field. Uh, but that being said, boy, Dom Davis looked pretty good for that one drive, uh, making things happen with his feet and finding open receivers. Yeah. Cast off from the Bombers this offseason, Dominic Davis penciled in as the backup for the Red Black. Also, their third-string guy, Danny Collins, looked pretty good, too. Do you think if Trevor Harris were to be out for a long time, and we know now that he isn't, would would the Red Black season be in jeopardy, or do you yes. think they'd survive? Yes. No, I, I, I haven't seen enough from Dom Davis in Winnipeg that would uh, interest me, but he can carry the mail long term the main position i think we were all focusing on for the red blacks coming into this game was the wide receiver position because you know there was a bit of change over there this off season we wanted to see who was going to step in and uh succeed there a couple of guys that stood out to me one was the guy i was expecting to probably get a spot this year and that's dominic rhymes spent yeah. some time with the team last year i don't know if he got into a game last year uh, but he was uh, on the team. Interesting uh, thing, Ryan, while you pull up that information. He had 219 yards last year, so he played some. I, I thought that uh, um, Ottawa's defense performed better than it's bet did. Because for me, there was, a lot, there, was a, there was a lot of moving parts there. There's a new coordinator there. There didn't seem to be that much of a drop-off when they started going from the starters to the backups. Granted, look who they're playing. And we'll talk about the Alouette right. side of things right but, away. Uh, but again, it was a very encouraging compared to a de- for a defense that has a lot of moving parts. Right. Another guy that really stood out to me in this game, Kieran Duncan, wide receiver, kick returner, had mm-hmm. a nice touchdown catch uh, there for the Red Blacks, a 54-yard catch. Uh, also had some strong punt returns. He uh, he looks like a guy that might find his way into the Red Blacks lineup. The Montreal Alouettes side of things, Mike, uh, I think they were the team we were more so all focused on coming into this game, uh, mainly the quarterback position for the Alouettes. What did you make of what you saw or what you heard from their performance? 
to be very honest, better than I expected. Um, I don't have a lot of high expectations for Montreal. Uh, Montreal was on the road, so they had a lot, a bit of a younger team out there. Uh, granted, um, their quarterbacks for the most part were as expected. I want to see what they do. Frontline dies against uh, Manziel this Saturday. And again, how much do we read into that if Manziel blows up Montreal's defense? You know what I mean? Right. It's, again, it's, <laughs> sorry to make this a laughing matter, but <laughs> it's Montreal. Um, that being said, I hope they win more than three games. And I said that last week, and I will maintain the CFL is a better place when anybody can beat anybody in the standings or close right to the end. I think there's going to be some growing pains for the Owlettes this year, no doubt about I it. I think there'll be some growing pains for their coach, Mike Sherman. There were a couple times where he wasn't quite sure what was going on. Well, CFL is a different game. Speaking of which, Mike, I know you watched. I, I want to circle back there for a quick moment. I know you watched the Tie Cats and Argos game. Yeah. How about Johnny Football with uh, what was it? First of all, the three-minute warning. I heard he threw his hands up in the air and yelled at the ref and said, "What gives?" Uh, yeah, he didn't know what the purpose of that was. And then the clock runs out at halftime. Uh, and you still get one more play to finish the half. But oh, look, here's Johnny running to the <laughs> locker room. All of a sudden, circles back and realizes he's got to get back on the football field. You know what? As much of a polarizing player as Johnny Manziel has been, I'll tell you what, I I really enjoy myself with Johnny Manziel. And I never thought I would say that. I want to get into talking about... It is great to have Johnny Manziel excited about football again. For sure. Because I watched Johnny Manziel tear it up in college. And if that guy comes out, ho. Oh. I, I want to talk about the Lions and Stampeders game quickly here. Uh, that one wasn't on TV, so we didn't get to see a lot of that one. No, because what happened was they ran the three games basically at the same time on right. Friday. So. Um, I feel like we've spent a lot of time talking about the quarterback position, but I always feel like in the preseason that's the, the one that you focus on the most, right? Yeah. And I think specifically for these two teams, they were the positions I was interested in. Uh, for the Lions, I thought Ricky Lloyd uh, proved himself to be a pretty good quality backup for the Lions uh, with Travis Lue, you know, questions about his health. Um, that, to me, is an option for the Bombers, maybe. Lloyd? Lule. Lule. I, I don't think Lule leaves BC. I don't know. You tell the David he gets a starting job in Winnipeg, you wouldn't go for it? Perhaps. I uh, in terms of Lloyd's performance here, though, against the Stampeders, I thought he had a great game, 121 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, Jennings really didn't play much. He went four for five in the time he played. I think he'll get most of the game this week, you said, right? Half the game. Half the game. Uh, pretty strong performance by Ricky Lloyd. I like to see that. Yeah, he'll do the second half of the game. Uh, anyone else for the Lions jump out to you? from? Well, if I could speak to Calgary for a minute. Sure. Uh... I think there's some real concern there, contrary to what coaches and general managers are saying. And what? In the fact that, you know, you're the home team, you predominantly have the stronger lineup, and really when it came down to late in the game, there was one team that was clearly better than the other, and it was opposite than what most people expected. Yeah, and we talked about how 
you know, the Stampeders are in a similar quarterback position because Andrew Buckley retired a couple weeks before the season where they're now trying to figure out what the depth looks like behind Bo Levi Mitchell. Neither of them, neither of the options really stood out in this game to me. Ricky Stanzi went 6 of 15 for 72 yards and an interception. Uh, Nick Arbuckle, 7 of 12 for 62 yards and two interceptions. Neither of the quarterbacks really stood out for the uh, Calgary Stampeders. Ooh, you better protect BML or BLM. Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's the same right for for every quarterback. But I don't want to make a reading off of a preseason game, but I can see why people are starting to sense there might be a change in the guard in the West. Terry Williams gets the starting job this year at running back for the Stampeders. He had a pretty solid performance, uh, 47 yards on five carries. That's over. That's almost nine and a half per carry. Um, and Mike, uh, you know, if Bo Levi Mitchell can stay healthy this year, this Calgary offense is looking dangerous. And today it got even more dangerous, Mike, because former Stampeder, former CFL All-Star, I believe even former MOP winner. Am I correct in that? Eric Rogers, wide receiver re-signing with the Stampeders this year, went off to the San Francisco 49ers after his strong season with the uh, with the Stampeders, end up tearing his ACL, I think, there, or his Achilles. Didn't get to play, really. It didn't work out in the NFL for him. He's back in the CFL now, Mike. How huge is this addition of Eric Rogers for the Stampeders? Well, it helps them, uh, for sure, but today. I think it portifies something on offense, but may have been a bit of a concern. Um, you know, when you lose the statue of, when you lose it, I had a statue of Mark Mar- McDaniel, among others. It, it's a big addition, but again, he's coming off a major injury, and we'll see if he can uh, get up to speed very quickly. Perhaps he didn't win MOP. I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, he was the league's leading receiver that year. I don't know if he won MOP. I can't recall, but definitely was a very was one of the best receivers in the league when he was in the CFL. And now he's back for the Stampeders, and he's a huge addition there. Uh, Mike, uh, we are running out of time. Anything you want to talk about yet before we close this out quickly? Um, to me, it sounds like a broken record on this show. We spent 35 minutes looking after at it. I sure hope Matt Nettles is okay. If he is not in the aftermath of substantial time, somebody please show me something at the back of quarterback position. If it can show me you can carry the mail at least a little bit. You don't have to go light the world on fire, but if you can manage the game, um, I, I think the Bombers will be okay. Results as to this point of the poll we put out, uh, if Matt Nichols is out long term, what should the Bombers do? Uh, the two options were trade for a QB uh, or give Chris Strebler a shot at the starting job. 74 people have voted. 58% of them uh, said give Strebler a shot. 42 saying trade for a QB. So more than uh, more than half these people uh, saying <laughs> that the Bombers should go with their bat. Who Here's a question, 30 seconds or less. Okay. Do you owe it to your starting staff to give Strebler a look? If you bring in another quarterback, does that show that you trust your starting staff? Because eventually, aren't you looking for quarterbacks that can play on your football team? I, I, Both I, near-term and long-term? Yes. 
And I, I think you do whatever is best for your team in this situation. I don't know what the right answer for that honestly is. As of right now, I'm in the camp of give, give the kid a shot. Don't go out and change things. The Bombers have a really tough roster. Let's not forget minus the quarterback at right. this point. And it really comes to see if they take a step back at the quarterback position due to this injury to Matt Nichols, which I think they will, how much do the improved defense and the other additions help? Well, that remains to be seen. And the defense uh, make up for a little bit of lost offense. Right. We'll leave it at that. We are back next week, Mike, talking uh, our season preview as yeah. next week the regular season begins. So we'll be doing a two-hour Yeah, we have a lot show. to discuss. We uh, have a lot to discuss. We have a lot of content on the way. More to be announced soon in terms of content. Uh, stay tuned for that. So that'll be Tuesday? Yes, Tuesday night, uh, live on Mike FM Winnipeg, 7 to 9 p.m., I believe. 7 correct? to 9 p.m. And then, of course, out you can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and as of today, Mike, Google Play Music. Perfect. More ways to listen to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at CFC on Mike FM. For Michael Garrow, I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you to, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll be back next week. Have a good one. Bye.